listeners, we just recorded an amazing live audience show that we're excited for you to hear during the upcoming Max Fun Drive. Yeah, we're already working on putting together some amazing bonus content for you for the drive, too. So make sure to stay tuned. And make sure to be there for our next live audience shows. Up next is Sunday, February 25th at the Center for Inquiry West in Los Angeles with scheduled guests Cameron Esposito and Adam Felber. Then Saturday, March 23rd at the Crawford Family Forum in Pasadena with Tanya Mosley and Andy Richter. And later on, Sunday, April 21st and April 28th, back at the Center for Inquiry West with guests to be announced. And get your summer vacation plans in order. We are back at the Crawford in Pasadena on June 8th. You can get updates and ticket info at our website, gofactorpod.com. Now... For the show you're about to hear, I unfortunately could not make it. Mama Helen got a job. But it's so cool that we had a former guest, Christina Ariel, to fill in. So now, here's Christina Ariel. (laughs) Are you a real know-it-all? Do you annoy your family by shouting the answers while watching Jeopardy? Do you drive people crazy when you start a sentence with, well, actually... Well, guess what? You can go fact yourself. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Go Fact Yourself, the show where we quiz the smartest people we know and find out why they love what they love. I'm Christina Ariel, in for Helen Hong, and now, recording from our homes in Los Angeles, here's our moderator, J. Keith Van Stratton. Thank you so much. Hello, Christina. So wonderful to have you here. Oh, it's so great to be back, but in a different capacity. Absolutely. You were a guest on a previous show. We had such a wonderful time with you that uh, when Helen got a gig, which is going to happen from time to time, uh, we thought you'd have a good time uh, joining us today. So thank you so much for doing so. It is absolutely my pleasure. I love this show, and I love knowing things. Yes. Well, one of the things that you know a lot of about is the Star Wars universe. I think when you were here last time, we talked about how you were doing a lot of cool things with that, and you've continued to do some really cool live audience things in the Star Wars world. Tell us about that. Yes, well, I did Star Wars Celebration in London in in last April, which was really cool, and I just got back from the launch of the Star Wars Unlimited Fantasy Flight card game. It's a trading card game, and it's really cool. They're, oh, seeing like a foil Darth Vader card is an exciting thing. And I got to do a learn to play on the stream. And then I stayed up till three o'clock in the morning, knowing that I had a flight the next day, organizing my cards and putting them into clear cases so they wouldn't get smudgy. Oh, yeah. You got to keep those in mint condition. Oh, absolutely. There's some I'm not even going to open until like 20 years from now. Very cool. And uh, do you know what's going to be next for you in the Star Wars universe? I don't, but I look forward to the Acolyte dropping soon. So that's really exciting because it's set in the High Republic. So I'm excited to see where they take that. And it's going to be a really dope show. I'm really excited for it. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for being with us again today, Christina Ariel. And, of course, today on Go Fact Yourself, two guests will compete to answer questions about facts they know, facts they may not know, and, frankly, facts they should know. Plus, we'll meet actual experts on two very different topics. And, finally, we'll declare one of our guests the winner of today's show. Let's get started and meet today's guest. Christina, who is up first? He is an Emmy-nominated host, actor, and comedian who can be heard almost every day on SiriusXM's Pop 2K and whose comedy special, I Never Thought, is streaming on YouTube now. It's Michael Yo. Hello, Michael Yo. Yeah. Hello. How are you? Oh, I'm great. It's so wonderful that you joined us. Uh, I know that you're currently on a big comedy tour. Where are you joining us from today? Uh, well, I just flew in. I live in Las Vegas, so I just flew back from Las Vegas. I was in New York. I've been in uh, Boston. Next week, I'm in St. Louis. And it, it, the tour just keeps going on and on and on. So, But I love it. That's great. Uh, you've been documenting your tour on a, a YouTube show. And uh, in the intro for that, you've described it as a make or break tour for you. Uh, what do you mean by that? It goes back to Joe Coy, who's one of the biggest comedians in the world right now. He was my mentor in comedy. And he basically took me on the road for three years, taught me how to do comedy. And then I was, I I went on my own and it was going really well, but I wasn't getting the shots. It's just like everybody in Hollywood. You don't feel like you're getting the shots. Everybody else is getting. Then he called me one day and says, what are you doing? You got to do it yourself. You got to make your own path, fund your own special, put it out there and see what happened. You can't wait for other people to give you opportunity, make your own opportunity. I put my, I never thought out And that special has changed my life where ticket sales have gone through the roof and it just feels really good. And every decision that was made about that special was made by you. And before my first special, Blasian, I had no control. I shot it. And then once I shot it, 
I had no control of it. It's interesting that you say that because I watched both specials this week and I was really struck by sort of the shift in energy in the second one. And, and I wondered if that was a conscious choice or something that just sort of evolved. And it sounds like it was because it was more of you involved. It was more of me, but also I almost died from COVID. I was like one of the first patients with COVID. So when I shot that special, it was about a year after that, I was still mm. recovering. Mm. So I really didn't have the energy to move oh, around. It, it literally was a shift in energy. It was a shift in energy. But I also found out that when you first get in the industry, you always mimic someone. And I mm -hmm. mimic Joe Coy because he he's who I look up to. Yeah, he actually and, introduced your first special. Absolutely, he did. And then my second special, once I couldn't move as much and I just sat down, yeah. started talking to people, I felt a different connection that I never had before. You know, so all of the comedy that comes out of me are from true stories that happened in my life. I love it when I tell a story and they all lean in. It's the yeah. best feeling in the world. Uh, in both of the specials, you talk about uh, having a black dad and a Korean mom and uh, you do impressions of them. Uh, how do your parents feel about the impressions of them that you do? You know, as an Asian mom, she's like, don't make fun of me. And then yeah. And, and then when I don't do a joke about her, she like, why you no make fun of me? You know, so <laughs> it, it's kind of that thing where she hates it and loves it at the same time. And my dad yeah. is so he's just so proud. And what's mm -hmm. amazing to watch about my dad 12 years ago when I started comedy, he was very different than he is now. Huh. I think once he saw me on stage, he was like, oh, I can do that, too. He's a different man after I started stand up. And I think it's because I unlocked a part of him. And he was like, yeah. well, if this dude can do it, I can do it too. <laughs> he loves dancing now. Yeah. He went on a ship. I was on a ship with him and he did an Elvis impersonating contest out of nowhere. I was like, <laughs> I never even knew you liked Elvis. And he won't admit that it's from me doing stand up, yeah. but I see the difference. Even my mom sees the difference now. That's great. Last thing yeah. I want to ask you about, uh, of course, you're uh, on almost every day on Pop 2K. You've interviewed yeah. so many music stars from the 2000s. Uh, I'm curious, who stands out to you or impressed you most when you look back on that time? I did the first interview of Bruno Mars. And it mm. was small. This is when his first single came out. And it was what actually wasn't even his single. It was B.O.B. single. It was a room that was no bigger than a, a, a one-bedroom studio. Mm. And he was so nervous. Mm. He's like... And after the interview, I'll never forget, he came, did I look okay? Was like so insecure. Like, you know, when you get your first gig, you're just so insecure. And yeah. to see that and to see him now. Yeah. He's not exactly someone you would describe as, uh, <laughs> as not lacking confidence on stage. No, at not at all. And then Destiny's Child. I, I grew up in Houston and I remember them, Beyonce, not, I worked for 97.9 The Box, knocking on the door, hoping they could sing in our conference room. Because wow. that's how artists got discovered. They were singing in your conference room. Unbelievable. And uh, did they come with their own PowerPoint presentation? No, they didn't. They just came <laughs> with those amazing voices. That's what they came Sometimes with. Sometimes that's all you need. Well, it's so wonderful that you lent your voice to our show today, everyone. It's Michael Yo. All right, Christina, against whom will Michael be competing? Ooh, she's an actor, producer, and director seen in such shows as Prison Break and The Walking Dead, who co-created and stars in the popular podcast Aftershock. It's Sarah Wayne Callies. Hello, Sarah. Hi. Hello. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. So nice of you to join us. I understand that you are not joining us from home or on the set. Where are you today? <laughs> um, I'm at my friend Diane's house. Actually, if you've ever seen Fire Country, I directed an episode last season. Mm -hmm. We became friends, and I needed a place to crash in Vancouver for the night. Well, Sarah, congratulations. Season two of Aftershock is now available. You are, if I have this right, the writer, the director, the producer, the co-creator, and an actor on the podcast. You've also got some familiar names for fans of some other projects of yours on that show. Who's involved in that? Yeah, I, you know, I mean, it was a labor of love, so I called up a bunch of my friends. Dave Harbour's in it. We went to college together. Jeffrey Dean Morgan, who I know from the Walking Dead family, is in it, along with the other Walking Dead team is sort of Toba Felcha and Austin Emilio. There's more, I'm sure. I dragged Michael O'Neill in from Council of Dads. I linked up with uh, Janelle Parrish and Kelly Hu from Hawaii because mm -hmm. there's a big Hawaii component. Um, to this story. It's really just an all skate of the people who yeah. I love <laughs> in the business. So a little signal, if you're going to be on a show with Sarah Wayne Kelly's, you're probably going to end up on her podcast as well. Sounds like it. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> yeah. Well, you also are making a bigger splash in podcasting. It was just announced recently that you've got a brand new company that you're going to be producing a whole bunch of other shows. Tell us about that. Yeah. You know, it's called Caliber Studios. I'm the Cali part and uh, my producing partner is Ben Haber. What we're doing is we're helping creators and mostly underrepresented voices mm -hmm. create scripted and unscripted podcast content 
that they will then own. So wherever mm. it goes, whether it goes to film and television, whether it goes to video games, whether it goes to live shows, whether it goes to comic books, they own it. And, you know, what it is also is it's really a proof of concept. I mean, when I did Aftershock, you know, we've got a whole um, Kanaka Maoli indigenous Hawaiian component. And I was told over and over, no one's going to care. And I was like, okay, then let me fail trying because right. I'm from Hawaii and I want to see more of the native Hawaiian community in our storytelling. And I think people will care. Very cool. Well, I know one of the uh, shows that's going to be on your network is a uh, rewatch series where uh, you rewatch Prison Break. Uh, have you started that process yet? We have actually. Yeah. Paul Edelstein um, and myself are rewatching the show. You know, it's funny. We've talked about it for years. It was a complicated show. It was wonderful. It gave both of us such an incredible platform. Mm -hmm. The fans of that show are extraordinary. But there was also a lot of toxicity on that set. And oh. there are some things that I think are worth talking about as we try and create storytelling and sets and environments that are fully inclusive and yeah. fully supportive. And safe. And, where, and safe. Yeah. Um, it's been really emotional mm. in like a good way. But, you know. I'm rewatching the show. That doesn't seem like me. <laughs> you know. Well, speaking of rewatching, some girl in her twenties with no kids. Like I, I have no <laughs> idea what her life is like. <laughs> I cannot relate. Yeah, that person. That person's shoulders don't seem to be slumped over and exhausted all the time. Speaking of rewatching, I saw in an interview you said that you didn't watch Walking Dead. Is that true? I watch almost nothing I'm in. Okay. So a lot of the Prison Break stuff I'm watching for the first oh for the time. first time. Wow. Oh, but you're so good. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I really appreciate that, but it's that's not what my head sees, right. right? But it sounds like, Christina, you would recommend that people do watch her performance in that. You have a way of conveying a torture in your performance in The Walking Dead. You're doing great work. I appreciate it. It's, you know, I think sometimes the best gift we can give ourselves is to see ourselves the way our friends would see us. Well, thank, thank you so much for sharing your art with us today, Sarah Wayne Callies. Thank you so much for having me. All right, Sarah and Michael, we asked each of you to provide us with a few topics outside your field of work that you know and love. Michael, for you, you said that was the movie Friday, the movie Gladiator, and the 2001 Miami Hurricanes championship season. <laughs> Michael's still celebrating that now with his <laughs> dancing. Uh, whereas Sarah, for you, you said that you know and love the sonnets of Edna St. Vincent Millay, lyrics from Paul Simon's Graceland album, and the movie The Adventures of Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. You know, we say that we celebrate diversity of interest. I think this episode particularly proves it. Well, later on, we're going to ask each of you some in-depth trivia questions about one of those topics. But first, we're going to get your thoughts on something you might know nothing about. It is time to split some hairs with our What's the Difference round. We'll have one question for each of you, each worth up to two points. If either of you gives an incorrect or incomplete answer, the other person has a chance to steal. Your topic today, no strings attached. First up is Michael with strings. Michael, while both might help you attach one thing to another, what's the difference between twine and string? Twine and string. One's thinner than the other. Uh, which one? Twine. You think twine is thinner than thinner. string, and that is yes. the difference. Yes. All right, we have Michael's answer. We don't know yet if he's entirely correct. Sarah, anything you'd like to change or add to try to steal some points? I'm going to say string is made out of something that's cotton. Okay. And twine isn't. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, it's time to untangle this segment. Let's go to Christina Ariel at the judges table for the facts. Here are the facts. Twine is always at least two lengths of fiber that are twisted together or entwined to give it extra strength. String can be twisted fiber, but it can also be a single strand, like the nylon string of a tennis racket or the string of a ukulele. That's right. Now, twine also carries a connotation of being somewhat thicker, stronger, and rougher than string. Thicker, stronger, and rougher, by the way, is also how I like my coffee and my toilet paper. Christina, how did our guests do? They tried. Okay, and what was the result of that trying? They got zero <laughs> points. Yes, I'm sorry. No points there for either of you. Michael, you actually had it backwards. A string is the one that can be thinner than twine. Equally bad, I think, which is useful. We're on the same page. Or equally good. Uh, yes, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Up next in No Strings Attached is Sarah with Attached. Sarah, your question comes from a listener. Who is it, Christina? I will let them tell you themselves because we have a listener recording. Listeners, if you'd like to submit a suggestion for our What's the Difference round, go to GoFactorPod.com and click on Get Involved. Okay, play it. Hey, everybody. This is Kelly Yates from Portland, Oregon. My question for What's the Difference is, 
Well, there are both ways to string something together. What's the difference between attach and affix? Have a great show. To affix something in my mind is like you stick it mm-hmm. and to attach something is like you tie it or you connect it. You're attaching two similar things in a way that blends them. Uh, that blends them. All right. We've got Sarah's answer. We don't know yet if she's entirely correct. Michael, anything you'd like to add or change? Attach is something you can take on and off. A fix is something that's permanent. That's permanent. Ooh. All right. That sounds right. Well, it is time to detach from this segment. Let's go to Christine Ariel at the judges table for the facts. Here are the facts. You can attach one thing to another using many different methods, string or twine, nails, Velcro, whatever works. But you affix one thing to another with an adhesive, like tape or glue, because typically you affix something to an item made of paper, like affixing a stamp address label and wax seal to an envelope. Ooh. The letters are very fancy. I always love that wax, wax seal on the seal. backs <laughs> on the back of Christina's letters. That's right. Affix can also be a noun pronounced affix, which means a part of a word that you add on to another word, like a suffix or a prefix, not to be confused with a prefix, which is my favorite way to be a cheapskate in French restaurants. Christina, how did our guest do? Sarah got that about half right, so I'm going to give her one point. All right, one point for Sarah. And what is our score at the end of the round? After the first round, Michael Yo has zero points and Sarah Wayne Callies has one point. All right, but let's split it. You get to have half of my point. I feel like we equally bombed that. You got the sticky, though. You did get the sticky. Well, those scores are bound to change as we move on to questions about topics our guests have chosen for themselves. That's all up ahead when we come back on Go Fact Yourself. Oh, Helen, you're back. Good. I was just wondering, how do I combine my love of comfortable sleep with my love of space age materials? What an odd thing to wonder. But, even odder, I do have an answer. Oh, amazing. You can use Miracle-Made Sheets. Miracle-Made Sheets are inspired by NASA and use silver-infused fabrics and makes temperature-regulating bedding so you can sleep at the perfect temperature all night long. Infused with real silver? But why? These sheets are infused with silver, that's actual real silver, that prevent up to 99.7% of bacterial growth, leaving them to stay cleaner and fresher three times longer than other sheets. Oh, come on, Helen. What's so bad about bacteria? Oh, Jakeef, come on. Bacteria clog your pores. They cause breakouts, acne. But you can prevent all that and sleep clean with Miracle. Okay, I get it now. And it's not just clean. Miracle-Made sheets are luxuriously comfortable without the high price tag of other luxury brands and feel as nice, if not nicer, than sheets used by some five-star hotels. All right, Helen, how can our listeners get Miracle-Made like you and I already have? Go to trymiracle.com slash gofact to try Miracle-Made sheets today. And whether you're buying them for yourself or as a gift for a loved one, if you order today, you can save over 40%. And if you use our promo, GoFact, at checkout, you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20%. Whoa. Miracle is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you aren't 100% satisfied, you will get a full refund. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash GoFact and use the code GoFact to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40%. That is probably why we say thank thank you, Miracle Miracle Maid. My name's Doug Dugay, and I'm here to talk about my podcast in the middle of the one you're listening to. It's called Valley Heat, and it's about my neighborhood, the Burbank Rancho Equestrian District. The center of the world when it comes to foosball, frisbee golf, and high-speed freeway roller skating. And there's been a Jaguar parked outside on my curb for 10 months. I have no idea who owns it. I have a feeling it's related to the drug drop that was happening in my garbage can a little over a year ago. And if this has been a boring commercial, imagine 45 minutes of it. Okay, Valley Heat, it's on every month on MaximumFun.org or wherever you get podcasts. Check it out, but honestly, skip it. These are the These Chronicles, are the Chronicles of the Rancho Equestrian District, District in Burbank, Burbank California. California. These are the events, the events taking place, place in my house, house and around my house. Welcome back to Go Fact Yourself with our guests, Michael Yo and Sarah Wayne Callies. Once again, here's Jay Keith Van Stratton. Thank you so much, Christina. All right, Michael, of your many interests, you told us that you know and love the movie Friday, the movie Gladiator, and the 2001 Miami Hurricanes championship season. Let's find out a little bit more about each of those. First, tell us what the movie Friday means to you. 
Friday is a movie where I first discovered Ice Cube was a actor. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris Tucker as a comedian. I saw him on Def Comedy Jam. It was one of the movies me and my friends would always surround the TV and watch. And every time it's on, I still watch it. It just brings back a good memory of hanging out with your friends at a very young age and repeating a bunch of lines from it and uh, really celebrating Black actors in a movie that appealed to young African-American people and people of color. Yeah, I think I'd read that that was sort of the intention of the of the writers. And it's good to see that that uh, that landed with you. Yeah. Next, tell us what the movie Gladiator means to you. We were in Rome, me and my dad and my mom taking a vacation. And my dad never saw Gladiator. And I go, well, when in Rome, you know, so we watched watched Gladiator in Rome. And it's such a good, good memory of just hanging out with him, watching this movie that I absolutely love. I love the story of Triumph. I love good beating evil, but I also love that it's not a perfect ending Mm. as well. I love that so much because it's... It's just, I don't know, it just hit me in a way where you're only here for a limited time. So, you know, do as much as you can, and hopefully you will see the people you love later. Oh, wow. Okay. So it's sort of a spiritual meaning to you as well. Yeah, it was. It was. That's cool to hear. And then finally, tell us what the 2001 Miami Hurricanes championship season means to you. (laughs) I am a huge Miami Hurricanes fan to the point when they lose, I physically hurt. And we've, and we've been hurting the last 22 years <laughs> very badly That's since 2000. Hurt, Michael. It's a lot of hurt. 2001, I mean, I lived in Miami. It's the greatest football team ever assembled. My friend was the defensive back coach, who's now the head coach of Kentucky, Mark Stoops. So I met him through that, and I used to hang out at all the games. And I just really felt – I was in love with Miami before that, but 2001 – was a time where it was really like, oh my goodness, this is what I want to be a part of, you know? And I never went to Miami or anything Mm -hmm. like that, but I swear I'm going to take some online classes just to say I went to the (laughs) University of Miami because I love it so much. I am a hurricane. I am a hurricane. It's all about the U. It's all about the U. (laughs) Michael's holding up that famous uh, hand gesture of the U. All right. Well, to summarize, Michael, you said that you know and love the movie Friday, the movie Gladiator, and the 2001 Miami Hurricanes championship season. Today, we want to quiz you about the movie Friday. Yes. Okay, All right. Very you. happy. All right. All right. You said that uh, you used to quote lines back and forth. There's some favorite lines that come to mind for you. Why are you building a tree house? And, and you got fired on your day off? Like, that's so great. <laughs> How you get fired on your day off? Yeah. I, I love that. I love that. <laughs> Fantastic. Now, Christine, I see you smiling along as Michael is talking. Friday brings back good memories for you, too. It does. Friday brings back memories of... Renting a VHS from Blockbuster, getting a box of Bunch of Crunch and some really buttery popcorn. I actually really want that now. Ooh, with some of that. Christina, please don't leave. Please, please stay. We have the rest of the show to do. Okay, okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. (laughs) But yes, great movie. I still quote it to this day. Awesome. Well, just ahead, we're going to enlist the help of a bona fide expert in your topic, Michael, with an expert level question worth up to three points. But before that, to let you show your love, here are five trivia questions about the movie Friday, each worth one point. If I'm you so want nervous. It, oh, please. It's, uh, it's all fun. Okay. If you want it, you're allowed to hint for any two of these five questions. Now, Sarah, do listen closely because if Michael answers incorrectly, you could steal. By the way, Sarah, how much do you know about the movie Friday? I mean, it's Friday and you ain't got shit to do. Oh, Sarah seems to know it. <laughs> Sarah seems to know something. Not as well as Michael does, but we'll yeah, see. that movie changed a lot. Yeah. All right. We'll see. All right. Here's question number one for Michael. Even if people didn't see the full movie, there's a good chance they've seen clips of Friday, especially if they were watching music videos in the 1990s. That's because a single from the movie's soundtrack featured cameos from cast members and footage from the film. The song is called Keep Their Heads Ringing, and it was a top 10 hit for what hip-hop impresario who, despite his name, probably does not have a medical degree? Keep Their Heads Ringing. Dr. (laughs) Dre. And Christina? That is correct. That is correct. Michael grooving to the music, uh, thinking back on it. Ding oh. dong, <laughs> ring a ding, ding ding dong. Quite possibly hey, does have a medical degree. Oh, he, he possibly does. Somebody's okay, got to well, give him an honorary degree. If Harvard's yes, listening, we're not we're not counting the honorary ones, but yeah, we'll we'll do a little more research on that. Fun fact: that music video was directed by F. Gary Gray, who gained fame as a music video director before making his feature film debut with the movie Friday. He has a small cameo in the film, working in a store. Here's question number two. 
Friday is filled with a host of talented performers, but only one of them went on to win an Academy Award for Best Supporting Actress. Who is this royal actor who plays Ice Cube's sister, Dana? It's either Nia Long or Regina King. Mm-hmm. You said she won a what? Oscar? She won an Academy Award, otherwise known as an Oscar. Oh, well, then it had to be Regina King. Christina? You are correct. That is correct. Yes, I don't believe uh, Neil Long has won her Oscar yet. Yet. Yes. Not yet. yet. Fun fact, Regina King won that Oscar for If Beale Street Could Talk. Her first movie credit was in John Singleton's Boys in the Hood, which also starred Ice Cube. They also both appeared in John Singleton's Higher Learning, which came out the same year as Friday. Big year for those three. All right, Michael, you're two for two. Here's question number three. There are many memorable characters in Friday, but which of the following is not one of them? Is it Debo, Rita, Cookie, China, or Big Worm? I know Debo's in there. I know Big okay. Worm mm-hmm. is in there. I know uh, China is in there. Okay, so at least Rita and Cookie. If a cookie was in that movie, I would have remembered that because Rita, that's kind of like a normal mm-hmm. name. I would have forgot. Uh, okay. But Cookie. Yeah. Yeah, I would go with Cookie. Christina, is it Cookie? You are correct. You're correct. You remembered right. Yes. Very nice. Fun fact, Cookie is a character in one of the sequels, Friday After Next. Cookie, by the way, is also the name of one of my cats. Oh. Who will soon be joined by Big Worm. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Hope not. No, no, no. Oh, that's a whole other story. Uh, (laughs) All right, you're three for three, Michael. You've got both of your hints available. Here's question number four. The actor who plays Red, who has his bicycle stolen by Big Worm, also had an important role behind the scenes. What are either of his two additional credits on the movie Friday? Could I please have a hint? Oh, you're so polite. Christina, how about that hint? It was his work on Friday that probably got him into the WGA. Oh, so he was a writer. Christina? You're correct. Yes, very nice. That actor, writer, and producer is DJ Pooh. His other credit is associate producer. Before writing Friday with Ice Cube, DJ Pooh produced music for LL Cool J, Color Me Bad, and Ice Cube. Yep. All right, very nice. You have a chance to go five for five, Michael, if you can get this question correct. Chris Tucker, in a breakthrough role, plays Smokey, who loves smoking, specifically weed. Now, if you didn't get it from his name, you could probably tell from the posters in his room, which feature lots of marijuana imagery, including a poster from what movie? Michael leaning back in agony, I'm guessing. (laughs) Hard to tell. tell. Oh, I'm going to need a hint on this. All right. No worries. Christina, can I please please have a hint? Oh, even more politely. Christina, how about that second hint? The movie was written by and stars Cheech and Chong. Up in Smoke. Christina? That's correct. That is correct. Michael Yo is five for five. Doing a little bit of dancing as well. Oh, yeah. Fun fact, we did an entire topic on marijuana on episode 34 of Go Fact Yourself, where our expert was Tommy Chong. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. I was very, very pleased with that. Uh, Michael, great job. You obviously did very well in that, but here's your expert level question that requires multiple answers. It is time for your cluster fact. We'll be bringing on an expert to discuss your response. Michael, in a movie filled with memorable lines and memes, perhaps none is more popular than when a female friend who asks to borrow a couple things is quickly dismissed by one of the main characters with two little words, Bye, Bye, Felicia. Felicia. There it is. You know it I thought that was it. No, no, no. There's more. For up to three points, who says this famous line? What is one of the two items Felicia asked to borrow? And how is Felicia's name spelled? Ice Cube. Mm -hmm. Money. Mm -hmm. F-E-L-I-S-H-A. Okay. Well, Christina is taking note of those answers. We have an expert on hand who can tell us for <laughs> That's sure. Horrible. That's horrible. Right. I know I missed every one of them. I think you'll be happily surprised. All right. Christina is taking note of those answers. We have an expert on hand who can tell us for sure. Christina, who do we have tonight? Joining us tonight from Tahoka, Texas, is a chef, author, and actor who played Felicia in Friday. It's Angela Means. Oh, Angela no. Means. Oh. Michael cheering as if watching a University of Miami what? Hurricanes football I, I, game. Well, you talk about Miami Hurricanes. Your son, right, played for the Miami Hurricanes? That was going to be my next question. Do you know who the – Brad Kaya. Who is the all-time leading passer at Miami? 
That's right. <laughs> that's awesome. Wow. Today. wow, that's amazing. You guys nailed this one. I used to see you when you would go to the games. That's how, yeah, I you would go to the games, cheer them up. Man, that's amazing. This is awesome. <laughs> what a great day. <laughs> Oh, we, we feel the same way. Well, in addition to Friday, people will know you from your work in movies like House Party 3, playing Cousin Skeeter in that show, and on In Living Color. You also performed on the Deaf Comedy Jam. You're joining us from Tahoka, Texas. Tell us what you're doing there. So I just recently relocated from, from California. I found a great, great house. I, I fell in love with it. Um, and I opened a jackfruit cafe, which is an all-vegan comfort food restaurant. Um this town would have never tried vegan food had I not. Yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna say, do you have a lot of competition there in West Texas? Absolutely not. I'm the only one, <laughs> the only one crazy enough. We had our opening and it was fantastic. We were packed. Oh, congratulations! Yes, that was just a couple of days ago. We appreciate you joining us at such a, a busy and exciting time. You call yourself Chef Angeline. You're not a classically trained chef. Uh, describe uh, the kind of cooking that you do and what your what your training was, because you certainly know what you're doing. I'm a country cook. I was raised mm -hmm. on a farm, and I don't ever remember not cooking. My grandmother had a restaurant, and my great grandmother had a restaurant in Poland. It's just in me. Uh, you actually wrote a cookbook uh, on vegan cooking as well. Absolutely. 85 vegan recipes you didn't know you craved. And it's just a simple, it's a very simple book. You like meat because you season it with plants. <laughs> that's, a very, that's an interesting insight. So let's season plants. I hadn't thought of it that way. That's cool. Uh, you've also branched out into writing fiction. You recently had a book released. Yeah, it's called um, Seven Sinners and the Angel Who Loved Them. And it's about all the rappers back in the 90s. Most of them mm. were born on a seven or died on a seven. And when um, Lamont Bentley, who was a really good friend of mine, passed away, there were six of us who were together and we were we were mourning him. And I was telling him, oh, my God, Lamont's a seven, too. A seven is you're either born on the seventh, the 16th or the 25th. And Tupac was on the 16th. Easy E was the 7th. Selena was on the 16th. Left Eye was the 25th. So we were sitting around, we we're talking about it. And someone was like, well, what's mine? What's mine? And there were six of us. And the birthdays went one, two, three, four, five, six. It stopped right at seven. And everybody freaked out. Spanky Hayes was there. And he was like, I'm getting out of here. This, I don't, I don't know <laughs> so I was like, okay, thank you, God. This is a plot. And I went home and I immediately wrote the story. And I've had it for 20 years. And when I closed my restaurant, in LA. Yeah. I just decided that um it was time it was time to write it. And I wrote it and it's on Amazon right now. Yeah, very nice. Well, let's talk about the movie Friday and your incredible performance in it. Uh, can you tell us about sort of where you were in your life and career at the time that you got that movie? I mean, I was at the height of everything. I was I was a nationally touring comedian. I had just come off of House Party Three. I was based in Atlanta. I was a model. When I left, I, I did a, a list. I literally did everything on the list. And then one of the final things was I wanted to do an interesting character. I wanted to bring something interesting to life. Yeah, you wrote a full biography for Felicia when you got the role. This wasn't just a, a, a little sketch or something that you were doing. I, I did three days. I wrote like, it was probably about 20 pages of things that no happened to her, who she, who she actually was. And she's a real person. And you guys might've saw me cry on an interview before. And I just want, I just want to clear that up. I, I was working 10, 12 hours. <laughs> oh, that's okay. And the, the thing about it is sometimes it's used to hurt people. The line by Felicia. Yes. You can't, you can't tell a real Felicia by Felicia. <laughs> <laughs> and some, sometimes that's done and it can, I don't, I don't, I hate being a part of that, being a part of something that can actually hurt someone. It's supposed to be in jest. It's supposed to be fun. It's not not mm -hmm. meant to hurt people. When did you get a sense that uh, this line was taking off in the culture? When I got the news of Brad's first offer, which was Miami, and I knew he was going to take it because he's like you, Michael. I mean, Miami was everywhere. He even had, as a kid, he had Ray Lewis on his wall. And, I was oh, like, yeah. and he was like, I fear no one. I fear no man. <laughs> I knew when he got his first offer, a friend of mine called and said, congratulations. And I just knew I was like, oh, my God, who? 
And he was like, Miami. Oh my God. And I was like, he's going to take it. Like he's going to take that offer. Like when we're hanging up the phone, he said, bye Felicia. And I was like, oh, Neanderthal. Then <laughs> <laughs> he was like, and just trending. And I was like, what's that? And he was like, okay, speaking of Neanderthals, Miss Neanderthal, do you have Twitter? Now, I didn't even Twitter at the time. He said, I'm going to stay on the phone, create a Twitter page. He said, you have to see this. I was like, what is going on? And then I got scared. I looked out the window. I was like, are people going to start following me? Like, what the hell is going on? He's like, it, it's like the biggest thing ever. I mean, I, I wasn't watching TV. I was only watching football. I was a football mm -hmm. mom. So I was on the field. You know, I gave to his his organizations 80 hours a week. So we weren't watching no TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No idea. I remember watching that when he was playing quarterback on ESPN, they even put you on TV and they talked about the whole by Felicia phenomenon. And this is crazy because it was way after the movie came out, which was so awesome. Way after, but I think it came back around to give me a voice because I've helped so many people. I've helped so many people and the fame of Felicia has... Um, has given me a voice and people will mm. listen. When Bradley decided to go to the University of Miami and I knew he would, he was my only child. I started eating. I was eating like crazy and I blew <laughs> up. And here this kid is, he's 17 years old, leading men, the tough curriculum, media darling. And the last thing I wanted to put on his plate was sick mom on the West Coast and he's on the East mm. Coast. So I just went back to bases. I went back to the farm and just started eating vegetables. And within six months of going vegan, I lost 75 pounds. All the ailments that I had went away. And I knew that I had to share it. So I went down to the hood, that uh, the neighborhood that really supported me when I was coming up as a young comic, Lamert Park. I opened up there. We had lines wrapped around the building. And because of the because of Felicia, um, TMZ came, LA Times came. I was on everyone's list. Uh, Eater LA put me on their 11 essential restaurants to try. The fame brought them, but they eating right. food brought him back. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, let's get to the reason we brought you here as far as our game is concerned. You heard the question that we asked of Michael. We wanted to know in that famous line by Felicia. First, who said that line in the movie Friday? Christina, what did Michael say? Michael said that line was said by Ice Cube. And Angela? That is correct. That is correct for the point. Very good. Ice Cube, of course, playing the character of Craig. All right. Next, we want to know what is one of the two items that Felicia asked to borrow in that scene? Christina, what did Michael say? Michael said money. And Angela? Michael would be wrong. Oh, no. Felicia asked to smoke a joint and asked Smokey could he borrow his car. And in the director's <laughs> cut, she asked to borrow the microwave. <laughs> oh, uh, no point there. Sorry. And then finally wanted to know how is Felicia's name spelled? Christina, what did Michael say? Michael spelled it F-E-L-I-S-H-A. And Angela? That is actually the correct way of spelling it. Very nice, Michael. Nice. Very good. Now, nice. when you see memes of people saying by Felicia, they do not spell it that way. And uh, I believe you had something to do with that. So the first time I put out a picture of me and Ezel online, people snatched that picture and that picture went around the world. I spelled her name F-E-L-E-C-I-A. I spelled it wrong. So historically across the world, it's spelled wrong because <laughs> Felicia was so bad with her dyslexia was so bad. She didn't know how to spell her own name. That was part of the backstory in the bio that you wrote, right? Oh, that's cool. It all comes together. Michael, while we have Angela here, anything else you'd like to ask or say to her? The movie did solid when it came out, but when did you know it was going to be a mark where people would always go back and watch it and refer to it? I felt it right away. It'll be 30 years in, in March. It'll be 30 years. And we're still talking about it. It's still relevant. And you're right. Amazing. Cube and Pooh wanted to write something. We were in the middle of the 90s. And whenever you showed LA, Black folks in LA on, the, on, on world news, local news, it was always something violent. It was always something scary. And they wanted to depict what Black families were actually doing in the 90s. And they nailed it. And that's, I mean, that's yeah. Black families across across America. That's why it resonates so much. Like they literally, they nailed it. We knew while we were making it that we were making something that was going to last forever. That's a great feeling. Well, it's been so wonderful that you uh, joined us today. If people want to find out more about you and what you're up to, where can they do that, Angela? Uh, go to Instagram, Chef Angela Means. 
follow my restaurant, which is Jackfruit Cafe. We're known around the world. I have fed everyone. So Jackfruit Cafe, you can go to jackfruitcafe.com or follow us on Instagram. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for nourishing us with your participation today. Everyone, it's Angela Means. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. All right, Christina, what is our score at the end of that round? At the end of that round, Michael Yeo has seven points and Sarah Wayne Callies has one point with a round of questions for Sarah coming up. That's right. We're going to talk with Sarah about a topic she knows about. Plus later, Michael and Sarah will go head to head in our Fast Facts round, all to find a winner on Go Fact Yourself. Hey, listeners, it's me, Helen. You like me, right? And you like the show, right? Well, let people know about it, please. Please give us a great review on your favorite podcast platform. It helps people find the show. It gives us something to read at the end of the show, and it makes us feel really good. And we all know that Jake Keith really needs that external validation. Do it now. Now. Go do, go, go do it. Helen, what's, uh, what's going on here? Oh, uh, nothing. Nothing. Oh. By the way, by the way, Jake Keith, you are doing a great job. Oh, thanks, Helen. That means a lot to me. Like like a huge, huge amount of meaning. See, I told you he need, he needs that validation. What's all this now? No, nothing. Nothing. How, how are the cats? Oh, they're so cute. Hello, sleepyheads. Sleeping with Celebrities is your podcast pillow pal. We talk to remarkable people about unremarkable topics all to help you slow down your brain and drift off to sleep. For instance, we have the remarkable Neil Gaiman. I'd always had a vague interest in live culture, food preparation. Sleeping with Celebrities, hosted by me, John Moe, on MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Night-night. Welcome back to Go Fact Yourself with our guests, Michael Yeo and Sarah Wayne Callies. Once again, here's J. Keith Van Stratton. Thank you so much, Christina. All right, Sarah, of your many interests, you told us that you know and love the sonnets of Edna St. Vincent Millay, lyrics from Paul Simon's Graceland album, and the movie The Adventures of Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Let's find out a little bit more about each of those. Tell us what you know and love about the sonnets of Edna St. Vincent Millay. So my mom's a Shakespeare scholar, so I grew up with, among other things, drama and poetry. And then one day I was in a bookstore and I was going through a biography phase, trying to figure out who I am as a woman in entertainment. And I realized that I I needed to go back and figure out the, sh- the shoulders I was standing on. So I'd been working my way through a lot of women. And I, there was a biography on Edna St. Vincent Millay. I fell in love with her sonnets. And my mom and I have been in a war ever since because I think they're better than Shakespeare's. Um, oh, and my mom just fired. <laughs> <laughs> but she's amazing. She has an entire sonnet that basically says... We had a great weekend. Don't call me. Wow. Like, she's spicy. She's okay. very, very spicy. The, the the original meme artist of, uh, of, of olden times. <laughs> All right. Next, tell us why you know and love the lyrics from Paul Simon's Graceland album. Because it's one of the best albums ever recorded. I don't know. It's, I don't know where it came from in my mm-hmm. life. But if my days usually end um, in the kitchen, cooking mm-hmm. for the family and, and stepping away from the... I'm going to try and take over the world as a storyteller and into the, <laughs> what do I feed these small people for dinner that's going to make them healthy and happy and growing and that they'll eat. It's my go-to. I need to make the world okay. I think it's amazing. All right. And then finally, tell us what the movie The Adventures of Priscilla, Queen of the Desert means to you. I thought that was everybody's favorite movie until I was like 30. <laughs> and then I started telling people about it. And they're like, what are you talking about? And a few people were like, oh, that's the movie To Wong Fu with love oh, no. Julie Newmar they, is yeah. based on. And I was like, mm, that's not the right way to put that. <laughs> there was a joie de vivre and a, an enthusiasm and an exuberance and a mm-hmm. visual, you know, it has that sort of Australian Baz Luhrmann, very heightened, somewhat magical realism kind of a world. Mm-hmm. And it's fundamentally so deeply inclusive. I think it mm. would be cast differently today because, you know, now we you know, we want to have space for trans actors to play trans characters, and I'm all for that. But mm-hmm. it was the first representation of transness and of drag that I ever saw. And it was presented joy forward, mm. not trauma forward, joy right. forward. We're yes. here. Our lives are amazing. You want to be a part of this. Look at my clothes. And I loved everything about it. It also has a sensational soundtrack. 
Absolutely. All right. Well, to summarize, Sarah, you said that you know and love the sonnets of Edna St. Vincent Millay, lyrics from Paul Simon's Graceland album, and the movie The Adventures of Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Today, we want to quiz you about The Adventures of Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Yay! Sarah triumphantly raising her hand. I may also completely blow this. Like, understand that this is a movie I've seen 50 times, Yeah, but probably not in the last eight years. Okay, well, let's see how your long-term memory holds up. Uh, the, <laughs> the important thing here is we're here to celebrate your joy and your love of it. Do you have a favorite scene or a moment from the movie that comes to mind? There's a wonderful scene where they've broken down in the desert and they're stuck and being broken down in the Australian outback sounds like a death sentence. And they decide to practice a routine mm -hmm. and they turn around and there's an Aboriginal man standing there who's appeared out of nowhere and it scares the living daylights out of them. He brings them to like his... There's like a bunch of people hanging out playing music and there's a needle skip moment where like yeah. two drag queens and a trans woman walk in to a very different community and then everybody kind of starts playing a little bit of music and everybody starts kind of getting together and yep. then they do a show and then everybody's and again it's just one of those like. Yeah. I get that we're all different, but we can do this. Yeah. We can do this with love and community. If only the whole world could be a mashup of Aboriginal music and I Will Survive that they have <laughs> in that scene. I mean, <laughs> we'd solve a lot of problems. So much. All right. Well, just ahead, we're going to enlist the help of a bona fide expert in your topic with a question worth up to three points. But before that, to let you show your love even more, here are five trivia questions about your topic, each worth one point. If you want it, you're allowed to hint for any two of these five questions. Okay. Now, Michael, do listen closely because if Sarah answers incorrectly, you could steal. By the way, Michael, how much do you know about the adventures of Priscilla, Queen of the Desert? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> oh, well, Michael, you're you in for a it. treat. You got to watch it. It's great. I just rewatched it again this week. It will bring pure joy into your life. I love that. I will watch it. Let's ask you some questions about that pure joy. Here's question number one. The movie has some amazing characters played by some amazing humans, but the title character, Priscilla, is not one of them. What is Priscilla? Priscilla is the bus that they take across the desert. Christina? And that is correct. That is correct. Very nice. Fun fact, the original bus, a 1976 Hino RC320, as I'm sure you know, Sarah, sure. was hidden for 10 years as the result of a divorce dispute and only recently was found. A replica of the bus appeared in the opening ceremony of the 2000 Summer Olympics in Sydney. You did not need the hint on that, but Christina, what would that hint have been? The wheels on the disc go round and round, round and round, round, and round. I tell Thank me you, you're Christina. singing every clue, please. This is so exciting. <laughs> Christina, the gauntlet has been thrown. All right, here's question number two. Terrence Stamp plays Bernadette Bassinger, Hugo Weaving plays drag character Mitzi Del Bra, and Guy Pierce plays a drag character whose last name is Jolly Goodfellow, but whose first name is what? Felicia. Christina? And that is correct. Yes, very good. Sarah, you did not need the hint, but Christina, what would that hint have been? In the movie Friday, Ice Cube says bye to someone with the same name, but a different <laughs> spelling. Look at that coincidence. Fun fact, although the movie is bursting with Australian culture, none of the three leads were born in Australia. Terrence Stamp and Guy Pearce were both born in England. Hugo Weaving was born in Nigeria. Hugo Weaving was born in Nigeria? Yes, I double-checked. I did not see that coming. Nigerian legend, Hugo Weaving. <laughs> All right, you're two for two. Here's question number three. With a group of fabulous cabaret performers on a road trip, you'd expect to hear them sing or lip-sync to a lot of songs on their journey. But which of the following songs is not performed on the bus? Is it I Will Survive, Tarara Boomdie, Hava Nagila, It's Raining Men, or Istrano a Fors Ilui from La Traviata? Okay, La Traviata is on there. Mm -hmm. um, I will survive. Wait, did you say it's raining men? I did. I don't think that's in there. Christina? That is correct. That is correct. Very nice. Uh, fun fact, It's Raining Men is performed in the stage musical version of the show, but not in the movie. Other songs on the bus trip in the movie include The Twelve Days of Christmas, This Old Man, My Darling Clementine, and multiple songs by ABBA. Yeah, like all, all of ABBA. <laughs> a lot. It was, it was, it's it an was ABBA a festival. It's amazing. Yeah, it was sort of a prequel to Mamma Mia in a way. That's the best pitch so far I've ever heard of Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. It's the prequel to Mamma Mia. It's the prequel to Mamma Mia. All right, Sarah, you're three for three. You do still have your two hints available. When the bus first shows up, its decor is not so fabulous. It's rather sparse with what country's flag hanging inside at the back. Okay, so Felicia bought it off some people. What, are they like Danish or something? I think, I, can I can I get a singing hint on this one? 
Oh, Christina, how about that first singing hint? The previous owners also probably sang songs by ABBA. Into the tune of ABBA, I believe. Very nice. Is ABBA Swedish? Let's let's go Sweden. Christina? That's correct. Yes. Yes, the singing worked. (laughs) Singing telegram goodness. Christina, you're amazing. Yes. Michael cheering on the uh, the hint and the answer. Very, very appreciative. Oh, yeah. I don't have to answer anything. This is great. I love it. I got you. I got you. I got you. All right. Fun fact. Felicia says that she bought the bus for $10,000 from Swedish tourist Lars, Lars, and Lars. That explains the Swedish flag. All right. Sarah, you have a chance to go five for five if you can get this answer correct. Terrence Stamp, as you mentioned, plays a transgender woman. In order to give her character breasts, Stamp wore on his chest condoms filled with what? Um, you know what's funny? What's in my head right now is that for some inane reason, that Sir Mix-a-Lot, Silicon Parts Are Made for Toys lyric is uh-huh. going through my head. I don't know why. But yeah, let's go for another hint on this. Let's go for another hint, Christina. Let's see if you can sing it. Britannica defines it as a semi-fluid fermented milk food. And so do I. Yogurt? Christina? Correct. Yes. The singing hints are two for two with helping Sarah in her game. Sarah Wayne Cowley says five for five. Wait. Nice. Wait, 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 wait. So Terrence Stamp wore condoms filled with yogurt. Yes. Condoms filled with yogurt. I got nothing on that one. That's amazing. Also, you really got to hope those don't break. Yeah, you definitely do. Fun fact, Googling the term condom full of yogurt yields exactly three results, none of which are about the adventures of Priscilla, Queen nope, of the nope, Desert. Nope, nope, nope. Kids, don't do that. Don't do yes, that. Don't do, don't do that at home. Uh, bing it if you're going to do anything. <laughs> All right, Sarah, you obviously did very well in that round, but now here's your expert level question that requires Ooh. multiple answers. It is time for your cluster fact. We'll be bringing on an expert to discuss your response. Sarah, director Stephen Elliott ensures the fun of the movie doesn't stop when the end credits start, as we see a drag queen lip sync to Vanessa Williams's hit, Save the Best for Last, followed by some unusual credits and even a post-credit sequence. For up to three points, in what category did the lip-syncing drag queen Tim Chappell win an Oscar for his work on the movie? Next, what made-up film format do the credits cheekily say the movie was shot in, a name that is a nod to the movie's topic of drag and to classic Hollywood techniques like Cinerama? And finally, in the post-credit sequence, what item seen earlier in the film taken by the wind lands in an Asian garden? So the lip-seeking drag queen, I'm going to say, won an Oscar for best costumes. Mm -hmm. The film format, I'm going to say landscaping, but I think that's wrong. Not landscape, not landscaping. We're not mowing lawns. And then (laughs) what landed in the Asian garden at the end, I believe, is a kite that was made out of a blow-up doll and I believe a red dress. Oh. Felicia flies outside the bus when they're broken down. All right. Well, Christina is taking note of those answers. We have an expert on hand who can tell us for sure. Christina, who do we have tonight? Joining us tonight from Chamonix, France, is an award-winning writer and director whose many films include writing and directing The Adventures of Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. It's Stephen Elliott. Shut the front door. Sarah, you are good. You are good. Hey, you know what? Um, I'm having a bit of a moment here. <laughs> Wow. Sarah, do you know when the bus pulls in at Alice Springs and there's a cheeky doorman at the front door who actually throws some jokes around through the last two minutes of the film? Uh, That's me. It is. (laughs) I can see that now that I'm looking at you. 30 years ago in about three months. Wow. Listen, I got to tell you, I think the movie that you made made me a better person. Wow. I like, I mean, truly, it's... It's hard not to like get super choked up. I think I think my relationships with the gay folks in my life and the trans folks in my life started out from a place of love, compassion, and honor in a way that might not have happened if I hadn't seen your movie over and over and over and over. And also, you woke up my kind of inner drag queen and I went, I want to do this. Now, for me, that just meant like musical theater because, you know, sure, sure. I can't do makeup very well, but I, man... <laughs> thank you for being here. It's it means the world to me to be able to say this to you. Well, thank you. It, it's um, it means a lot. It's funny, you know. I was in my mid twenties, and I just made this little film, and I get that a lot. Not from people like Michael, 
Uh, but, <laughs> <laughs> but you will. You will. You will. He's going to watch it yeah. and be I'm like, oh, my God, it. this is one of the most amazing things. And it's there. weird. It's weird moments. You know, you, I met Tom Cruise and Tom Cruise said, I can tell you exactly which cinema I was in. I was in the Beverly Connection. I know exactly what time I saw it. I knew where I saw it. And I, I get that a lot. I mean, it's really funny that you make this little film that ultimately, even 30 years on now, is still means so much to people. And I call it the old bus and chain sometimes because I just can't get past it. But now, 30 years on, I realize, well, you know, it's a gift. It had to happen. Mm. And it, it changed a lot of folks. So be thankful. Absolutely. Well, Stefan, in addition to that movie, people will know you as a writer, director of movies like Frauds, Welcome to Whoop Whoop, Eye of the Beholder, and Easy Virtue. As you mentioned, uh, it is going to be the 30th anniversary. Do you have any special plans for the big anniversary? Well, funny you should mention, uh, I've been having an argument today about um, about its running men's. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what was your argument? No, no they, the Americans made me put its running men into the stage show. Yeah, uh, which which went by the way, which rolled out is done. We did twenty seven countries, and uh, it has been phenomenally successful. And that recreated a second life for the film. So our second oh, generation came out of the stage show. Mm -hmm. We realized generation two came out of watching the stage show and then watching the film. Mm -hmm. Not Michael, uh, but <laughs> we... good to know you don't hold a grudge, Steph. <laughs> for the thirtieth anniversary, we're going to roll out the stage show again, but we're doing it entirely as an immersive AI experience Whoa. in the oh, round. Wow. No stage. We are gutting stadiums. Stuff's going to come out of the floor. Stuff's going to come out of the roof. And we're using AI technology to actually turn the audience members into drag queens, which can come up on the AI screen. So the audience themselves can join in the show. And today I finally got rid of It's Raining Men because I absolutely hate it. Oh, congratulations. <laughs> I have a proposal and I think we should take every member of Cong Congress and drop <laughs> them into the middle of your AI immersive show and give them a bit of an infusion of compassion. Yeah, well, dial down this rhetoric of we're scared of drag queens. But I tell you what, the reason, the reason why it did work is because I made the film and even the stage show, it's not political. Mm. It's very no, it's not, but it's a revolution because it's so human. It is. It's very, very human. And eventually I had a lot of pressure. I mean, the first time I ever screened the film before the Cannes Film Festival, which we just it exploded. I, I screened it at the uh, the San Francisco uh, Gay and Lesbian Film Festival the night before. Because they let us do a sneak screening to see how it went. And I copped a lot of flack from that. I had to go up on stage afterwards and do question and answer. And a lot of the audience were very, very angry because I didn't take on the politics. I didn't take on HIV. I did not have men kissing. I did not. Mm. And it was this great, really weird moment of standing up in front of an audience. And I said, this is the first time I've shown the film. I'm sorry it's not the film you want, but I've got to make a film for everybody. Mm. You feel, if you guys want to make that film, you make that film, that's fine. But I wanted to make a film that had a broad-reaching effect that isn't shoving this down your throat, as exactly as you said, Sarah, it was about inclusion. It's as mm. simple as that. And I got booed, famously booed at that screening, and I walked off and thought, well, I'm dead in the water. And two nights later, we screened it in competition at the Cannes Film Festival, and the place just erupted. So I realised now that was the politics of the time. People at mm -hmm. that time they were angry. But I decided not to make an angry film. I decided to do an anti-angry film. There's the love that you put in the film. There's a the love you still have for the film. <laughs> I'll give a little behind the scenes. You actually provided us with that fact uh, that we asked about Terrence Stamp and what he used uh, for, for his breast. It's funny because Sarah happened to mention that she yeah, hoped she that nothing happened with that. Tell us what did happen with that, Stefan. Well, you said, Sarah, oh, my God, there's one thing that could happen. And it is the shot. If you actually look at it, and I think you've seen it a few times, it's a wonderful <laughs> ending. Bernadette's going to stay behind with Bob. And Hugo comes forward and, as Tick and says, are you sure? Bernadette says, no, but I, I won't know unless I try. And they have this mm -hmm. incredibly tender moment, and it was a one-take movie. Both of Terence's tits exploded. <laughs> Which isn't something you hear every day. <laughs> Yogurt went everywhere. And 
in the outtakes, all I have to do is roll it another eight frames. And there was yogurt everywhere. And the two of them <laughs> were on the ground crying with laughter completely. And I said, it's a one-take movie. Next setup. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, let's get to the reason we brought you here as far as our game is concerned. You heard the question that we asked of Sarah. First, we wanted to know, uh, in what category did that lip-syncing drag queen during the end credits win an Oscar for his work on the movie? Christina, what did Sarah say? Sarah said they won for Best Costumes. And Stefan? Costumes it was. And that was Tim Chappell at the end singing the Vanessa Williams hit, and he won the Oscar. Wow. Not for lip-syncing, but for costumes, yes. Not for lip-syncing. They are so sensational. I'll tell you that one fun fact on that one, which is our costume budget for the film was about $12,000. No. That's all we had to do all those costumes. Tim's mum worked for Target and she got a 25% discount. So most of the film's costumes came out of bits and bobs that we could find at the world's cheapest department store. (laughs) It was a dress made entirely of flip-flops. Correct. That was all done with 25%. (laughs) <laughs> well, because I, I had read that it cost $7, but really it cost, what, $5.20? That's even $5, more impressive. $5.20, yeah. Yeah, there you go. That is a point for Sarah. Cool. Next, we wanted to know what made-up film format do the credits cheekily say the movie was shot in? Christina, what did Sarah say? Sarah said landscape. Dragorama. Dragorama. <laughs> Very good. Although the film was not shot portrait. It was shot in landscape, wasn't it? <laughs> 235 anamorphic, but yeah. technically on top, that was still, as far as I'm concerned, that was Cinerama, and then it became Dragorama. So Dragorama, they, yes. Yeah. Amazing, but I'm sorry, no point there for Sarah, but finally wanted to know in the post credit sequence, what item lands in an Asian garden? Christina, what did Sarah say? Sarah said a kite made out of a blow-up doll. And Stefan? I think she should get it. It was a kite made out of a blow-up doll, but it was a blow-up sex doll. A blow-up sex doll, I well, think. I didn't want it. She's got the mouth that goes, uh. Yep, you got it. You got it. Go there. My 10-year-old son is literally at the end of the table right now. So he's waving. So I'm trying to keep it. It is time for your 10-year-old son to see the film. You know, the thing I most love about it is the reason, the central reason I made the film is because the musical was dead. Mm. By the 90s, MTV had come along. The 70s had had this, this wave. They had Grease and then the... 80s came along and then had the big chill. and But basically MTV had taken off and then basically movie musicals had ended. The central reason why I wanted to make the film, I thought, I want to make a musical, but I need a gimmick. That was my first concept. Why do people hmm. burst into song for no reason? And, hmm. that it, and it was really amazing on the release of the film to watch 10-year-olds and younger seeing their first musical. It's required viewing in my house. Well, that is a point there for uh, for Sarah. And by the way, it would have been a little awkward if that had been your guess and that had not been the correct answer. That's just something that, <laughs> that's just what came out of, that's just what came out of you. Stefan, it's been so wonderful to uh, host you here. If people want to find out more about you and what you're up to, where can they do that? None whatsoever. I'm on no social media where I don't exist. I love it. Excellent. But look for that incredible immersive experience of Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, when it comes to your town in 2024. (laughs) Congratulations on the anniversary. And thank you again so much for joining us. Stefan Elliott, everybody. Thanks, guys. Thank you for being here. All right, Christina, what is our score at the end of that round? Going into the final round, Michael Yeo has seven points and Sarah Wayne Callies has eight points. All right. Now it is time for our final round. We call Fast Facts. I'll read 10 statements and each contestant will answer with truth or false. I'll start with Michael and then alternate between each guest. Each correct answer is worth one point. And again, please answer each statement with true or false. Here we begin. Michael, you can get kicked out of a Disney park for violating park rules. True. Correct. Sarah, you can get kicked out for climbing on a parade float. True. Correct. Michael, you can get kicked out for leaving your vehicle during a ride. True. Correct. Sarah, you can get a lifetime ban for leaving your vehicle during a ride. Why do I feel like this has happened to you? Um, I mean, <laughs> these are getting very specific. Uh, true? Correct. Michael, Grace Jones once received a lifetime ban. <laughs> False. Incorrect. No, she really did. Ugh. Sarah, Grace Jones was banned for leaving her vehicle during a ride. False. Grace Jones was banned for climbing on a parade float. Christina? Half correct. Yeah, we're going to get the, the correct. The correct part was that she was not banned for leaving her vehicle during the show. <laughs> Michael, she was banned for taking off her top during a show. Oh, that's got to be true. Correct. Sarah, Bruce Springsteen was once kicked out of Disneyland. I mean, I'm going to say true, but I'm furious about it if it is true. Correct. 
Oh, Sarah, please, please stay with us. You're, I know you're, you're throwing things around the room. Control your fury. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm definitely not. Hold on. <laughs> uh, no, he really was. Michael, George W. Bush was once kicked out of Disneyland. That's got to be false. Correct. Sarah, Barack Obama was once kicked out of Disneyland. <laughs> they wouldn't dare. False. Incorrect. No, he really was. <gasps> Michael, Barack Obama was kicked out for leaving his vehicle during a ride. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say that's false. Correct. Sarah, he was kicked out for climbing on a parade float. Well, let's go true. Incorrect. And finally, Michael, he was kicked off for taking off his top during a show. <laughs> false. Correct. All right. We're not going to count those last few. I want to thank Michael and Sarah for being our guests as Christina tabulates the final score. By the way, Barack Obama was kicked out for smoking on a ride. Smoking on a ride uh, bef right. before he was president. All right, Christina, are you ready to announce the winner of today's show? I sure am. At the end of the game, Michael Yo has 11 points and Sarah Wayne Callies has 13 points. Congratulations, Sarah. You Aww. are the facting champ on Go Fact Yourself. Sarah, what will you do with your championship? I'm going to give one of my points to Michael so that we can even, we can call this a tie because I don't like competition. So Michael, you Woo! are such a joy. You I didn't too, get a chance to say this earlier, but I'm such a huge fan of your work and you're amazing. And it was great to hang out with you guys. Thank you so much. Thank you so fun. much. Thank oh, you. Oh, how lovely. That means we have to go to our tiebreaker to decide a winner. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. That just gives us a chance to uh, go around and have our guests promote anything they might like. Michael, yo, where can people see you and what you're up to? I'm on tour all year, then shooting a new special in the middle of the year. So uh, check me out, michaelyo.com. Very good. We're so happy that you checked us out today, Michael Yo. And does Michael it... is sending me tickets to his special. Yes, oh, really? I am. Yes, okay, I am. Wow. <laughs> I, I, I like I like that technique. You're just saying what they're going to do. There you All go. Right. Okay. You know what? I'm... You said what are you what are you doing with your with your tie winning? That's what I'm doing. I'm cashing it in. <laughs> there you go. Oh, you're so sweet. I like special. that very much. Sarah Wayne Callies, where can people find you and what you're up to? I mean, I'm on Instagram with my name, Sarah Wayne Callies. And I am currently recording this Prison Break podcast. And I'll be directing again on Fire Country in a couple of months. And uh, you know working on building a company, et cetera. Very cool and very exciting. And we're so grateful that you joined us, Sarah Wayne Callies, everybody. Christina, thank you so much for stepping in today. Where can people find you and what you're doing? You can follow along with me on social media at Christina R-A-L. That's K-R-Y-S-T-I-N-A-A-R-I-E-L-L-E. -L -L -E. Spell it right or you get the wrong person. <laughs> Another singing hint nice. from the wonderful Christina R.A.L. And me, you can find me on all the socials at J underscore Keith or jkeith.net, all spelled out. That just leads me to thank Michael Yeo, Sarah Wayne Callies, Angela Means, Stefan Elliott, and thank you for listening and supporting our show at MaximumFun.org. I'm J. Keith Van Stratton. Good night. Like what you hear? Come see us live. Go to GoFactorPod.com for our schedule and tickets. Meanwhile, please like and follow us on all the social media at GoFactorPod, update our wiki at GoFactorWiki.Fandom.com, and buy our T-shaped shirt and mug-shaped mug at MaxFunStore.com. And give us a great review on your favorite podcast platform, like Buy, Sell, Trade Me did on Podchaser. He, she, or they said, if you don't listen to and like this show, you may be an idiot. Thanks, Buy, Sell, Trade Me. You may be right. Christina? Go Fact Yourself is a panel quiz program devised and produced by Jim Newman and J. Keith Van Stratton and comes to you via transcription from various homes across the world. Questions were compiled by the Trivia Industrial Complex. We are produced in collaboration with Maximum Fun. Maximum Fun's senior producer is Laura Swisher. Associate producer and editor is Julian Burrell. Our show engineer is Dave McKeever. Our theme song and incidental music were written and performed by Jonathan Green. Research assistance provided by Adam Needif. Quiz assistance provided by Clint Tauscher and Brian Phillips. Promotional graphics by Eric Tran. Videos by Annie LaFerrier. Added support from Dave Bianchi and Christine Villada. Special thanks to Lucy Stover at Moore Metavoy Management, Sarah Manny at Gray Horse PR, David Saunders at Independent Artist Group, and Helen Hong. I've been Christina Ariel. Let's go watch Friday. Queen of the Desert. Oh, there's a new queen in town. And long may she reign. <laughs> Maximum Fun, a worker-owned network of artist-owned shows supported directly by you.